Salaamun Alaikum. Welcome to this podcast by Qalamar Kagas. I'm your brother and host, Salim Khan. Today's episode is the second in the series of artist profiles. And the artist we talk about today is Ibn al-Bawab. Ibn al-Bawab was born in Baghdad in the 10th century. He was born to a poor family. His name translates as son of the doorkeeper. He was accomplished in law and theology. He was a devout and was said to have been reciting Quran from memory. Ibn al-Bawab was an accomplished painter, an illuminator, and a calligrapher, which is a rare combination. He studied calligraphy with the daughter of Ibn Muqla. He was fluent in all six scripts, which we talked about in the first episode. Basically, Aqlam as-Sitta, which are Thulth, Nasq, Muhaqqaq, Rayhani, Riqa, and Tawqi. Ibn al-Bawab came to be known for his handwritten Quran, likes of which was never done before. While many of his works were destroyed by Mongols, there were a few that survived. His work was copied and rewritten by generations of calligraphers. Most of his work was Quran-centric and to bring the biggest change in the way Quran was approached, not just in being written, but also in the way it was being read. Hence, most of the points we discuss in this podcast will be about his contributions on how he made Quran easily accessible and readable. Altogether, Ibn al-Bawab produced 64 copies of the Quran, which is astonishing in itself. There are six surviving manuscripts with colophons identifying Ibn al-Bawab as the calligrapher. The only surviving Quran bearing his name is the famed copy at the Chester Betty Library in Dublin, Ireland. He was recognized as a master in his own time. His school of calligraphy lasted until Baghdad fell to the Mongols more than two centuries after his death. One of his greatest achievements was the perfection of the Khat al-Mansub, which translates as well-proportioned script. Let me shed some light on the only surviving manuscript written by Ibn al-Bawab. The sole surviving Quran penned by him, housed at the Chester Metal Library, is the earliest example of a paper-based Quran manuscript. It represents a transition from Kufi or semi-Kufi Qurans transcribed on parchment or vellum. The Chester Betty manuscript is written fully in rounded cursive script on paper. The manuscript itself contains 286 folios. Additionally, the text is fully vocalized with both vowels and consonants written in the same color ink. In short, Fatha, Kasra, Dhamma were also part of the text. This paper Quran, unlike its parchment and vellum predecessors, was oriented vertically rather than horizontally. What does that mean? Let me explain. Back in the day when Kufi was being used to write Quran, books were horizontally oriented, obviously because Kufi is a rectilinear script. However, Ibn al-Bawab changed that to a vertical orientation. Let me tell you what that actually means. Go back and pick your Quran and observe how it is oriented. You will notice that almost all Quran are vertically oriented. I mean, it's a rectangular book with taller vertical sides and shorter horizontal sides. If I were to give you a context, the book was not oriented like a laptop screen, which is horizontal. Rather, it was like an iPad when held vertically. This was done by Ibn al-Bawab. He even changed the way spacing was used in calligraphy. Allow me to cite an example. This is a big one. Previously, calligraphers had used symmetric spacing in Basmala. Ibn al-Bawab did it asymmetrically. extending one letter to create a large gap between words, drawing the reader's eye across the page and clearly demarcating a new section. You can now see this in the Basmala we write in Thuluth and Nasq. The next time you read Basmala, observe how the Qa'sa of scene stretches before it connects with Meme. That was introduced by Ibn al-Bawab. 
With regards to spacing of verses, he left no spaces between individual verses, marking them instead with small triangular clusters of blue dots. However, every fifth and tenth verse does include spacing, which is filled with standard gold markers. Another significant change that he brought about was the first time leftward tilt was introduced. Earlier scripts were either straight or had rightward tilt, like Hijazi script, which posed a unique challenge in continuity of reading. So he changed it to left tilt to encourage you subconsciously to continue to read. He would even use sublinear flourishes, which we call kashida, to make the eye of the reader keep the continuity of reading. Talk about he being a great calligrapher. I think he even qualifies to be a good psychologist. The achievements of Ibn al-Bawab are exhaustive. Let us note a few here. The quality of Ibn al-Bawab was so high that he almost never required underlying pencil work on which fair work was generally made. Once he decided how he wanted to write, he would just write it. In addition to writing the Quran, he was also a versatile artist. He could work with paint on the wall on a large scale as well as qalam on a small scale. As stated earlier, he was also an illuminator and most often illuminate his own Quran. His writings always stupefy people around him. It is said that he would cut his own qalam and he would never show anyone how he did it. He would always do it out of everyone's sight. His letters were not identical. He would vary the letter shapes slightly, sometimes in the same line in many ways, and that showed he was a thinking man. However, the letters do follow the rules, the rules of harmony, design and proportion. His letters were not even, but overall when you look at the page, it gives you an impression of even writing. Quite a paradox, isn't it? Here is a revelation for you. The page of Ibn al-Bawab's Quran measures 17.5 by 13.5 centimeters. In short, just the size of a small notebook and it contains 15 lines. Let me give you a context here. A standard display Quran at the time, when stacked one over the other, measured around 6 foot in height. Compare that to the book that could fit in your pocket. Now that's a perspective. Every time henceforth you travel, and you are able to carry a Quran with you, remember the name Ibn al-Bawab because he made it possible. Because he made the size smaller, many people could read the Quran in private, ensuring private piety and not public display. There were three important aspects of Ibn al-Bawab and his Quran and how it inspired generations apparent even today. Number one, it was the first ever Quran written on paper and not in vellum or parchment or papyrus. It was the first ever Quran completed in Nasq. It was the first ever Quran that was small in size. Now, all of these point to a common desire, and that was to make Quran easily accessible to ordinary people in ordinary situations. It is known that upon his death in 1022 CE, he was buried in Baghdad near the tomb of Ahmad ibn Hanbal. A couple of things that you should know before Ibn al-Bawab, there was not a single complete written Qur'an in Nusk in the whole world. After he wrote the first Qur'an in Nusk, there were dozens copied and written. That was the impact of Ibn al-Bawab. Ibn al-Bawab is the reason why you have a small Qur'an today. Ibn al-Bawab is the reason why the text in the Qur'an is legible today. He is the reason why your hands don't pain when you pick up and read Qur'an for hours. He is the reason why you can afford to buy one. He is the reason why you can now connect with your app in private. Salaamun Alaikum.